Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And here we are once again with another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Howdy, everybody. Harry Alexander with you. Bunker de France is here. Cowboys Uber Alleys. And Todd Roberts, are you there? He's sounding like Max Headroom there for a moment. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, you want me to talk while you figure it out? Or? Yeah. Why, why, okay, because I got a couple of announcements and then a little editorial here to do. And the first one is for all you, all you buckaroos out there that like silent westerns, there's a museum. It's the Niles SNA Silent Film Museum up in Fremont, California. It's located at 37417 Niles Boulevard. Uh, phone number up there if you want to get in touch with them to find out more is 510-494-1411. Uh, the museum is open on Saturdays and Sundays from noon to 4. And if you want to check them out on the internet, a look form at www.nilesfilmmuseum.org slash S-N-A, the bottom line thing, I don't know what you call it, and story, S-T-O-R-I dot H-T-M. And Todd, that's a place you might want to run up there and take a check on that, and you can give us a report. Now, the other things I wanted to do is I wanted to mention that uh, 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 Clue Gilliger uh, passed away uh, this month back on the, uh, I think it was either the 5th or the 7th. I had the pleasure of working with him on the Oregon Trail, nice guy, and I also had the great pleasure of actually seeing the the episode that we worked on. It was on here last Saturday here in Tucson on the... uh, Get Channel, so uh, keep your eyes open for the Oregon Trail. It's a good series. Didn't last long, but it's well worth watching. Is that the scene where you had to carry him down a mountain? Yeah. yeah. I packed him off like a load of potatoes. <laughs> and also today is George Montgomery's birthday. Again on Get, they're playing George Montgomery movies all day long. And he was a, kind of a ham bone, but I always enjoyed his westerns. Also uh, celebrating uh, a birth this year, uh, our late Senator John McCain was born on this day. And now, I'm getting ready for my editorial. Well, before you do that, let's find out, uh, Todd, are you with us? Did you get all that stuff cleared, cleared up? Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. You're, you're breaking up a little bit. But I'll tell you what, let's go with the telephone instead. Okay, keep. Yeah, so you go, ahead, you go ahead and All do right. that. This, right. is, this is the editorial, folks. Now, I'm irate. That's why you do editorials. Right. But uh, here recently, uh, it's been going on for a while, but it's only as a special event, is uh, team bull riding. They would do that once in a while as a fundraiser or something like that. But now it's on as a regular uh, event, full time. And I got to say that, and this is just my personal opinion, but Please I think... Please leave your mess. But I think... Oh, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you objected to my uh, objection. Anyhow, um, what they've done is they've made bull riding a team sport. And, you know, there's, there's just certain, certain events in rodeo, uh, saddle bronc riding, bareback riding, bull riding is man and man versus beast event well what they've done you know is behind the shoots you've got all the other guys on the team they're all screaming and shouting like a bunch of college frat boys they've got a coach over there that's screaming instructions and stuff like that have you ever been behind the shoots in the past it was serious business you know you the people back there behind the guy that was going to go turned out next was guys helping him get ready, you okay. know, working the bull, mm-hmm. uh, helping him get his rigging set, the bull rope set. Well, nowadays, these guys are like cheerleaders. 
And on top of that, you can get a guy to go out there and just do a hellacious ride. And the other, but nobody else on his team makes a ride. So they've got a, you've got maybe a standing score of ninety point five or something like okay. that. And the other team they they get two guys that do two mediocre rides. Now I'm not I'm not knocking those rides, but they're just they're not the, that quality ride that would win you win the event. Mm-hmm. Well, his team loses, and so on top of that, they your buck off time is part of the scoring. So any, these guys get bucked off in the past. That was like you say nowadays if they figure that into the scoring and into the standings and you know it's like I know that it's got to be these guys are being on salary as opposed to competing because you know in the old bull the way of bull riding your standings is based on your winnings yeah and the other thing which I liked about the, the old way is that they would give you a history of the bull how the bull was doing in its standings, and it was just all around more interesting. Now it's like the bulls are just like extras in a movie. You know, they don't they don't they don't talk about them. They don't feature them. And the one other thing which I'm slipping my mind now that really ticks me off. But anyhow, that's my rant. That's my rave. And I wish them well, but man, I just I just don't. Besides that, they wear their hats backwards. Well. Uh, Bunker, uh, can I can I add to your rant because yes, I'm just I'm I'm as miserable and pissed off as you can imagine about this. Uh, first of all, everything you said was right. Well, I'll just start out with that. Second of all, uh, their hats their hats look like they're wearing them backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, rodeo, so, rodeo people on spring break. <laughs> Well, you thank you. It used thank to be. you, Harry. It and you know who's on spring break? Uh, girls that are too dumb to uh, uh, use their personalities, so they find drunk guys. Uh, num- number one. Number two, um, and I know it's all about money, and that's fine. Uh, we're, we live in a capitalistic uh, democratic republic, and I'm all for it, and I'm as stringent and uh, wholeheartedly behind it as anybody else. But I'm sick and tired of these guys wearing these button-down rodeo shirts. Uh, they're not snap button. They're, they're, they're button-down, and they have more patches on them than a NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. And, then, awesome. and Now let me add only insult to injury. <laughs> they now have little little billboards they put inside the silk uh, outer hat band oh on the outside of the hat oh man wow. and now let me just I hope I'm pissing everybody off because <laughs> I'm in that mood yeah. so now let's take it another step further what is this with all this music all the time throughout the rodeo? On television, when I watch the Western Channel or the Cowboy Channel or the Inspiration Channel, and they show a rodeo, there's 20-second, 15-second blurbs of music. And it's not Western. And it's not Western. And God forbid, and by the way, I hate to tell you this, whoever runs the rodeos, uh, you're not listening to us, I know, but I don't really care because you're not listening to us. We're not listening to you. So... Garth Brooks wrote a song which was number one top of the charts called Rodeo. God forbid if you use that. It's about rodeo, and it's about living the rodeo and being in rodeo. Now, you might say, oh, well, that that's really about a bull rider. So then, fine, why doesn't the PBR use it? Bullets, uh, uh, buckles in blood, uh, 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 boots in the mud. Uh, beer and whiskey that's all in the song all those words are used in the song and he's more in love with rodeo than he is with his woman which is the story of many rodeo guys it's and a many, tough world many hit songs. Uh, and many hit songs it's a tough life Merle Haggard wrote about it Cliff Robertson to put his own money in a movie called J.D. Coop about it Great movie. Tom Selleck made a film called uh, Sammy and Joe about it okay movie uh, you know, but it's a 
but it's at least real and it's the the journey of these people instead of this uh mtv uh, version of rodeo oh i remembered what i forgot Go and ahead. This Parker. is this is this was this is one of the kickers. When they started the season, they started with the team draft, with all these cowboys sitting around waiting for their name to be called up to make the team. And it, you know, it's like it is just artificial. It's like plastic rodeo, plastic cowboys. And some of these guys are world champion bull riders that are doing it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I understand a check is a check, but somewhere along the line, uh, it, it, we we cry about it all the time on the show, uh, tradition and heritage and and pride in what you do. You know, I see these guys behind the shoots, and they're act, again they're acting like it's a college football game, and they're cheering on the team. Yeah. Well, cowboys, that's cowboys aren't you know. Glad slap you on the back, ha ha, yippee i a kind of guys. Even in the movies, they're not that way. But in real life, right. these are serious guys. Well, and how how do you think? How do you think? Uh, uh, if you really want to think about this, a guy standing there cheering you on, you're on a twenty five hundred pound animal that's quicker, smarter, and meaner than you'll ever be in your life. And he wants to stamp your head all the way through to the dirt. And you're going to cheer him on. Hey, buddy, I hope you have a great ride. You know what I'd say to the guy if I was in behind the chutes? God, buddy, I hope you survive. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, Harry, what are you You're doing a lot braver than I am. You're, and let me also lastly say this, which you've already mentioned, Bunker, but it goes back also, let me hope I make some more enemies in NASCAR <laughs> along with it. You can do the entire circuit all year long in either sport and never come in first, never once win one race or one rodeo event, and still be crowned champion based on the points. Now, I know what you're going to say out there who are listening to us. Well, those guys... They were, you know, they're they're steady comers and they keep going. They're the, the tortoise as opposed to the hare, and they rack up the points and they stay healthy and they keep plodding along and keep their eye on the prize and they get to the finish line and they have the most points and they 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 get the win. Yeah, but how how do you feel not winning one event, not one race all year long, and you get the champion buckle of the best? guy or racer or competitor in that that arena for the year how does who did the math there i want to say something about this there's slightly disagreement there and that's because what what they're rewarding especially like in rodeo where it's based on earnings is what they're rewarding is consistency because i know because a a guy a guy hits the right rodeos and he hits them and he wins he can he can do half the rodeos that these other guys are doing because yeah. they're not getting the bigger bigger purses. So it, it it's it's about recognition, but it's also about consistency. I agree with you, and I said that I said it. But I also want to say to you that in the movie GW Coop, there's a scene where there are about six cowboys, including Cliff Robertson and the woman who's the truck driver, who uh, calls him sweetness and hot pants and all that throughout the whole movie and it's thrown in beers constantly. They talk about it in that movie, which is now 50 years old. They talk about this exact same subject, which is these guys that do half of them score enough points to get where they need to be and so on. And I just, I don't know. I guess I feel there should be two types of scoring. I'm not trying to take away from the other guys. I just think that I don't know that you should be ranked as, I don't know. You just need to come up with another way to add it up. Okay, if you Harry. never win one row, well, r- rodeo. That's all I'm saying. Here, here's here's the problem. The problem is television, because the uh, sports authority people have acquiesced all of their control over to television, because TV says we got to take a break after every forward pass that uh, equals a touchdown right. or that equals a first down. We have to take a break every time there's a foul on the basketball court. Um, 
And therein lies the problem. Television is dictating to these people what should be happening. And, and that's who, and yeah, and that's not. And we've had Harry, you and I, and Munker have had this conversation mm-hmm. before about who's dictating the television. It's the same people that are dictating to the studios, well, which is Madison Avenue. There you go, exactly. And it's being sold. It's packaged. It's being sold to the sold to the sold to the sold. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. Yeah, because the real buyer, <laughs> the real consumer, is not getting to have any. Uh, say in what they're consuming. I quit watching professional football after the Chicago Bears won the uh, Super Bowl. When was that? 1985, 1986? I quit long before that. And so I I, I don't watch football anymore. I care less about it. I went from watching professional football to college football. The only football I watch now is high school. I I don't watch any of it because of the television coverage. Well, high school, you have to go there. Yeah, in high school, you have to go there. Here in California, they they show it on TV. But only to make your point, Harry... Is the average football game, the average play is only seven seconds long, yeah. and the average game has only, and you're, you're there for three hours. Yeah, yeah. For an hour game. They, <laughs> no, for an hour game, but how much live action is on happening on the field? Yeah. Let, seven right. minutes. Yeah. Zip. So. Seven minutes out of a three-hour visit. Yeah. Okay. That's what's wrong. All right, I'm glad we got that off our collective chests. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize what a horse nest I got here. Yeah, well, that. Well, that, I'm sorry, fellas. That's all right. You, it, you know, you you struck a chord. It, that's okay. And uh, and you that's know, what we're here for. You know, you know, we just God, thank God we're not all in the same room together <laughs> with a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, it was because you know bags. some windows would be broken. Yeah, and it, small children would have to be hit. <laughs> um. We've, what are we doing today? We've blown through our first segment, uh, wow. and our, our segment is Movie Saturday, and uh, because Bunker decides he wants to go uh, editorial on us, I'm uh, just teasing. No. Todd went, <laughs> Bunker went editorial, and Todd went wild-ass banshee. And, and he, I, went, he and, went reserved. And I lost control. <laughs> so uh, I, I lost control of the stage, so... We're, we're going to bring the. We're going to bring it right back here. Stampede. <laughs> yeah, stampede. We're going to uh, do our first commercial break and then get on to our topic of movie Saturday, which is bad guys. Heavies. And uh, this is going to be Villains. a topic that is going to be visited and visited and visited repeatedly. Repeatedly, because we love our henchmen. Oh yeah. And so, uh, with that, I also want to mention that we're going to start something new here. On Voices of the West, we're going to be soliciting from our listeners. Money? No, oh. not money. Because whiskey? they're as poor as, the, as poor we are. Um, cigars. Cigars, uh, whiskey, whatever. Send uh, cigars. But, uh, send whiskey. They're kind of hard to send through email. But what we're going <laughs> to do. Yeah. What we're going to do is uh, a Best Westerns type of thing, contest. And what, our lis- what we want our listeners to do is come up with their five top Westerns. Email that list to us at voicesofthewest at gmail.com and uh, explain why you think these are the top five Westerns. And I don't want to see because uh, that's not an answer. Well, it's an answer, but a, a wrong answer. It'll, it'll, it'll get you unnoticed. Yeah. And each month we will go ahead and select a couple of these and have you, the listener, on the show to tell us why you think that particular Western or what set of Westerns are the absolute best. So, and also, I want you to play that little blurb you made on that. I'm gonna. That's coming up at the very end of the uh, tail end of this commercial break. So, oh, awesome! Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's Movie Saturday from the White Stallion Ranch. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like westerns, right? You're I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. But we have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Boss, I wouldn't be so awful careless about this shooting and cattle wrestling. Was I you? You don't like it, eh? Well, I was only thinking. I'll do all the thinking. You and the rest do as you're told, and we'll get somewhere. Where? You got a six-gun where your brains ought to be. This is the Voices of the West. Francie's Voices of the West. Now, there's a tune you don't hear very often. No, or probably I've never, never heard it before. <laughs> uh, a listener, Barb W., who has a horse ranch up in uh, Minnesota, sent this to me. That's cool. And uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, Barb. Barb. Oh, thank and you, Barb. I asked her that uh, she has any other information on this tune, and what she could come up with was uh, it was recorded by a group called the Prairie Chiefs. And it's from the album Alamo to El Dorado. It's a soundtrack from 1972. And apparently they recorded these uh, in the late 60s. Um, so that's all, I, that's all I know about that particular tune. Well, all and, I can say is you got a derringer for a brain. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I resemble that remark. That's true. I played that particular cut uh, with uh, big boy Gwen Williams and... Um, uh, who the other who the baddie is there, but because we're doing bad guys here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West for Movie Saturday, and by the way, we are streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch. Um, bad guys, bad guys, and so you know when, when you think of a bad guy, who do you think about? Do you think uh, Jack Elam? Yep, he's bad. Bruce Dern. Ooh. Bruce I Dern. think of my old drill instructor in the Navy. Well, it, 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 was he a cowboy? Oh. 
Oh, he might have been. Well, okay. I can't, hard to tell in a swabby suit. Well, there you go. Uh, so, you know, we've got, uh, we got Al, uh, Jack Elam. We've got uh, Bruce Dern. We've got you know, Lee Van Cleef. Got, named them all. We've got... Uh, Lyle Bettinger. Lyle Bettinger. <laughs> We've got Slim Whitaker. Uh, speaking of Slim Whitaker, I just happen to have some Slim Whitaker information here. Good how that transitions, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just jumped in there. Well, Slim Whitaker's real name was Charles Orby. And everybody, they always spell the Orby part as O-R-B-I-E. And it's from the family says it's O R B Y. Now, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I just I had to say that uh, he he was a preeminent heavy from 1914 to 1949. He appeared in more than 584 films, more than. Wow. Uh, he was a ro- he worked the rodeo circuit at 17 years old. Um, he went out to went up, moved out to California. And uh, worked as a cowhand for the Chowchilla Ranch up in Central California. And one of the interesting things is they, him and a couple of other old boys, decided they would head down south to check out the movie business. One of those guys was Hank Bell. (laughs) The the, the West's biggest mustache. And and I can't remember (laughs) the other guy. He was another guy. Oh, he was Montgomery. Name was George Montgomery, but it wasn't the George. Yeah, yeah. And he was the father of Baby Peggy, who was one of the first early okay. uh, child stars. Okay. Anyhow, he got <clears> there, <throat> and he was one of B. Oder's earliest and principal no good, dirty, rotten polecats. Uh-huh. And his first film was Tested by Fire in 1914. His first credit was. Uh, when Thieves Fall Out, again in 1914, uh, he did some 22 serials. I know Harry loves serials, so he might might have some stuff there. Among those was Law of the Wild, 1934, for Mascot. Roaring West, uh, 1935. Terror of the Plains. And Stagecoach Days, 1938. In early Arizona, 1938. And then some of the movies he did was Frontiers of 49, The Mysterious Rider from 42, Return of the Lash with uh, Lash LaRue, and uh, Bullet Code. And what did I got one more there? Yeah, The Oklahoma Cyclone. Henchman, that was his credit. Henchman. Well, uh, Todd, are you with us there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. Um... Let the, you know, we're talking about henchmen. What, what the devil is a henchman? Well, if we look at the definition, uh, this is from the Oxford, it's, uh, Oxford Languages Dictionary. Uh, it's, they say it's a derogatory term. A faithful follower or political supporter, especially one prepared to engage in crime or dishonest practices by way of service. I think that fits the Hollywood henchman uh, to a T. And what we're trying to do here is we're trying to... We might want to also differentiate, too, is because you have weed heavies and dog heavies. Yeah, to explain that, Bunker. Well, weed heavies is like a good example would be, and I, this is across-the-board uh, choice uh, when I was looking this stuff up. Henry Fonda was the predominant number one all-time bad guy. And that was for his Frank character in Once Upon a Time in the uh-huh. West. And, you know, I think because it, it just really dispelled, you know, the old uh, all shucks, Henry Fonda. Uh-huh. And it was a brilliant and beautiful performance. Uh, the That's the lead heavy. And then the dog heavy, that's guys like Charlie King, George Cheesebro, Harry Lauder, all these guys that you would see. In the po- you know, in the gang, or sometimes in the posse, chasing the gang, all the guys that would that were taking orders and and being told that they were they were dumber than a pistol with no brains or whatever it was. You're you're sitting where you're you're. Uh, I forget what the quote was. I'm not even going to go. You're sitting there. where you're shot. Where your your six gun should. Be. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but that that that's primary. You know, it, it's and the funny thing is because I know among us. Uh, we sit there that we sometimes I was as I was younger back in the old days when TV guide would give you a breakdown of the cast uh, 
I didn't look to see who you know, who the star of the show was. I looked to see who the character actors were because if they, these some of these guys on there, you know, Lane Bradford, I said, oh, I gotta watch. That. Right, I, right. I, don't, I didn't care if it was you know Superman. It yeah. had to be Lane Bradford. I yeah. gotta watch it. Exactly. Well, you know, we have we have tons of uh, of, of heavies. Pardon me, in the modern age, where Bruce Dern being one of those, uh, Jack Elam as well. Um, Gerald Moore is another one. When we go back into look at the the, the silence and the early uh, uh, 30s and 40s westerns, uh, we have people like Fred Kohler, mm-hmm. senior, not junior. Uh, we have uh, people like uh, Noah Berry, senior. Yeah. Even Wallace was a heavy from yeah. time to time. Uh, Wallace Beery. Uh, and so we have folks like that. Um, and they're they're like the the head of the gang, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas Bruce Dern is not the head of a gang; he's a henchman. Except in cowboys. Except in cowboys. Yeah. Um, ooh, every time you see Bruce Dern, boo. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's a Bruce Dern has has been called the most hated bad guy because because <laughs> he killed John Wayne. Yeah, I, yeah, you know? and, yeah. and and he, he makes a joke of it, but you know it also made him immortal. Oh, sure, yeah. In, in cowboy movies, yeah. Now here's a guy, and I think we could all talk about him a little bit, is because he's the guy that uh, the consensus is he's voted as the king of the bad guys. Okay. Roy Barker. Ah, and I know Harry, you you oh, love Harry. You, I'll just give you one quick one. Stagecoach to Denver. He played Big Bill Lambert. Oh, man. You know the head it, of the yep, game. Yep, yep. <laughs> Roy, Roy was incredible. But you know, before we get into that, I'm going to get us back on schedule. Oh. We're going to do our our second commercial break here, and then come back and talk about the Hollywood heavies, specifically Roy Barcroft, yeah. as we come back. So, uh, says Amel Franzi's Voices of the West. It's Movie Saturday. And we're streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch. We'll be back after these important messages. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights you out there come one step near and old best here'll spit right in your eye so you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job the stage is hauling a wells fargo box loaded with gold you've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but like henchmen to pull off the job what to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Rent a hench when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. 
Hello, my name is Travis Mills, and I make westerns, and you're listening to Voices of the West. We're back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker DeFrance, and Todd Roberts. It's Movie Saturday, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch, just north of Tucson. And our topic is Bad Guys topic that we're going to visit from lots of times eternity <laughs> from over, time to time from time to time to time to time to time and even more time because you know, you cannot have a western without an antagonist is this a good time to do henchmen and henchmen and henchmen and so we're going to talk about roy barcroft Roy Carcroft. uh you know he, he, american actor this is according to wikipedia Amer- roy was an american actor uh, character a character actor, uh, famous for playing villains in B-Westerns and other genres from 1937 to 1957. And he appeared in more than 300 films for Republic Pictures. Film critic Leonard Maltin acclaimed Barcroft as Republic Pictures' number one bad guy. Yes. And that's probably uh, pretty accurate. Um, no, yeah, but you think about you know, when they count the movies, they don't count the chapters in a serial, and he done a ton oh, of serials. He, uh, the the Purple Monster Strikes, uh, it's uh, a Republic serial. Uh, he he was in that, and he could do those with a straight face. Oh man, the thing about Barcroft, he 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 looked mean. He was impose an imposing figure. Big. Yeah, he, he, and he he looked mean. Uh, he had that small mustache that made him look mean. But all the stories from Hollywood are that he was the gentlest kind of guy around. You hear that all the time about these guys. You know, he'd ride to work on his motorcycle and uh, park it, and and he was just the nicest guy until he came out of makeup. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> you know, it's like he could. Him and Roy Rogers could do some of the oh. biggest thumperings you ever oh, saw. My. And Roy had some great fights, and, and both Roys, you know, together. I mean, they, yeah. were, they was a good teaming pairing there. Yeah, and, and, Lots uh, of and, Ro- and uh, Alan Rocky Lane as well. Yeah. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Todd, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I can't do anything but agree with you both. But you know how I love to be contrary. Yeah. You know, okay. just Next. out of being, being spiteful. And, of course, you know, um, although uh, I will give the credit to my lovely sweetheart, Nola, for being trying to make me sweeter than I really am. She give me cookies? Um, the calming effect. <laughs> there are no, there are, there are, Harry, ask, stop asking about the cookies, okay? <laughs> it's really getting old. I can't take the pressure, Okay. Hey, I, I just found but out. I will be working I've, on those cookies. Just I found out that Noah's been making cookies and has given them to you to send to us, and we've never received a single cookie. Single cookie. That's because that, that's because Bunker. I'm not willing to share. That day in in third grade, I went to the boys' room and I spent the whole day there. And the teacher talked endlessly about uh, cookies. All right, boys and girls, we all must share. Um, so let me just let, let me uh, uh, let me try to find Roy all Barcroft. the bad apples <laughs> yeah. Roy in, the, in the apple cart. Uh-huh. Let me let me try to find all the bad uh, apples with worms in them in the in the apple cart. But right. We're doing a show on baddies, so why wouldn't I? There you go. And I'm just going to throw out to you. Yes, I agree with all the obvious, but let me throw out some Hall of Fame honor more than honorable mentions. Uh, Tom Tyler is Luke Plummer oh, man. in yeah. Stagecoach. Yes. Whoa. And, How many and, fi- times, uh, and and I love to, th- when I say turn over the apple cart or find all the bad apples, it's it's because I'm trying to uh, rattle the cage, not of the three of us, um, but all everybody else out there that doesn't remember or doesn't know. DeForest Kelly, yes. who played Bones on Star Trek. How many times was he a bad guy in Le- the western Leonard Nimoy like Warlock and Leonard with Richard Whitmark and Anthony Quinn and Henry Fonda yes uh, and he actually how about Yakima Kanat yep oh forever as, who was always a bad guy against John Wayne you know why because he was tall enough yeah and, and he was Wayne doubling looked, him you know yeah 
Now, uh, one of my favorites, I know I've endlessly talked about it, and I'll continue to endlessly talk about it until they probably try to plant me or get me drunk again, is Rod Steiger (laughs) in Jubal. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. He's just... I just want to smack him. I want to beat him like a drum (laughs) with a club. Uh, Lee Van Cleef in general, Mm -hmm. of course, uh, even though, you know... Uh, I, I love him in uh, uh, A Few Dollars More. He's kind of a good guy. Um, but, of course, in Good, Bad, the Ugly, he's a lot different. Uh, Bob Steele. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's a whole group of the population of our listeners that think of him as a good guy, as a B-Western movie hero cowboy. But he, he, he did play some really good bad guys. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the epitome of all bad guys of all time is his portrayal, and I know it's not a Western, but uh, Canino in The Big Sleep with Humphrey Bogart and yep. uh, uh, Lauren Bacall. Yep. Okay, I want to uh, add to that real quick. Of Mice and Men. Yeah, there he you go. He was sure. so true. Oh, he should have got an award Which, by for the that. way, is a Western. Yes, Absolutely it is. Absolutely is a Western. It is. Uh, let me throw out another one that's just coming out of left field, and people are going to go, well, I never knew that. Uh Glenn Strange, who was the bartender, mm-hmm. Sam, on Gunsmoke, mm-hmm. played some great bad guys. Big Frankenstein. Yeah. Great, great bad guys in Westerns, oh, especially. Yeah. He, he, and let me also... He was Butch Kavanaugh and Lone Ranger. Yep, Cavendish. Yes, well, and let me just completely just... Anyone else that's left over that I haven't upset yet, get ready, because <laughs> here it comes. Joel McRae as Sergeant Vincent in Fort Massacre. You know, that one is, of the greatest bad guys yes, of all time. That portrayal beautiful. is so evil and mean. Oh, I hey, Where does it come from? I, I, How does Joel McRae be mean? I watched that movie with my mouth almost on the floor, or my jaw yes. almost on the floor, because yes. what? Joel McRae? What? No, think about this. Joel McRae is a great actor, but he is probably one of the most underrated great actors. Oh, big time. Big time. I want to go another little, take a twist in our uh, torturous course here. Bad guys. Funny bad guys. James Best as Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane in the Dukes of Hazzards. He was a bad guy. Yes. He was. He was. And the other thing, and and the king of the bad guys. And also, I think the king of the funny bad guys is Charlie King. Charlie King. He could do comical bad guys better than anybody. Yep. I've got a couple. I just want to throw a couple of Charlie King movies at you. Uh, Ghost of Hidden Valley. Yep. And he was he was playing Eddie Blackie Dawson. And he was <laughs> called Blackie in, in these westerns probably more than anybody. I don't know why, but he, you know, he, just, he, he, oh, he usually had a black hat. He had a black hat. He had black hair. He had a black yeah. mustache. He yeah. rode a black horse. Yeah. He had black underwear. I don't know. And then also in Phantom of the Range, uh, he was Mark Graydon, henchman. Yep. He played henchman. He, I mean, one of the funniest things I ever saw was a Buster Krabby with him and Fuzzy. Oh, that yes. Was, I was on yeah. the floor yeah. laughing at those two guys. The, the, uh, Charlie King was great at sight comedy, uh, without a doubt. And, and yes. uh no question. But going back now, to what you were saying, Todd, about Tom Tyler, everybody thinks Tom Tyler was such a good guy. He was. He was a great B, uh, B hero. Uh, he yeah. was uh, what, Captain, yeah. Mar- Captain Marvel. Hey, he was good looking. He yeah. had that square jaw and that you know? prominent nose. But yeah. He was a real good looking guy in a suit. But in but stage God, coach, he's good as Luke Plummer. Holy mackerel. And you know what? If you think about it, when he would get killed, he died very classically yeah. in San Antonio when he, he has the shootout with uh, with Earl Flynn. He turns and walks away. Yeah, and then just and falls and just melts. Collapses. <laughs> yeah. Well, and only to let me just if you don't understand how great an actor, as you said, the both of you said how great of an actor Joel McRae was. Watch Sergeant Vincent. Uh, and watch him in, in as Sergeant Vincent in Fort Massacre, and then the next day, or maybe the same day, watch him in Foreign Correspondent with with uh, oh. uh, by Alfred Hitchcock, oh, or watch man. him in uh, Trooper Hook, oh. Oh. or watch him in uh, uh, Cattle Drive, mm. and you see, you talk about a range. Yes. My God, it's 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 
it's like from from North Pole to South Pole. And let me just throw out the iconic, underrated. I, I just we never think of him. No one ever talks about him. Robert Ryan, maybe the greatest I've bad guy of all time. I've got uh-huh. him here. Uh, Bad day at Black Rock. My yeah. God, uh, the Wild Bunch. Yep. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Hour of the Gun. Uh, as, as I Clanton. How many times yep. have we seen him that we? Ju- you just want you, you know. It, it reminds me of that great line by John Wayne. He said it many times. Some some people just need to be shot. <laughs> Well, speaking of some people that did get shot a lot, uh, I want to mention a fella that nobody, and I mean, I, I, I mean, you may not even know who he is, Todd, Ted French. He was a he was a henchman. He worked. He did Range Beyond the Blue as Sneezer. He is also Victor French's dad, but he did a ton of stuff. And he's one of those faces that you always recognize, and even among us, mm-hmm. you recognize the face, but you never recognize the name. Mm-hmm. And because his name was nobody ever talked about Ted, and he needs more attention because he was really good. Ted Adams and uh, uh, not Ted Ernie Adams is one of those as well, yeah. uh, who uh, you recognize, and then you say, he, Ernie Adams generally played a gangster in the. Uh, uh, detective things and he was almost always an Indian or a Mexican bad guy uh, in the westerns and uh, I think he was part I, I think he was part um, uh, Hispanic I, I'm, I can't remember now which guy Ernie Adams oh yeah, yeah uh, and uh, he, he carried off these these roles very very well you know and and I guess let's look at what it takes to become a bad guy. Uh, you know, everybody. I, I, I guess everybody aspires, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming that lots of actors aspire to being the good guy, the lead. This is interesting because when you look at some of the, the biographies or some of the interviews with some of these guys, and they say, "I'd rather play a bad guy. It's more fun. It's more interesting. It's yeah, got yeah. more depth. Yeah. I can yes. do things I can't do as the hero." And I just love it. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. Richard Boone in Ombre of Cicero Grimes, uh-huh, uh-huh. one of the most classic villains of all time. The and, Howard, and Howard De Silva in the same thing. You know, these guys, these guys knew how to sell a villain. Do you have something there you want to throw in, Todd? Well, I, I think, uh, yeah. Let me just throw out some curveballs to it uh, for all, everybody. Out of right field or a left field or maybe from the parking lot. Victor Jory. Yes. Yeah, nice. Oh, Indian Jolie. Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, as as Robert Mitchum's mentor in the Hopalong Cassidy film, that uh, you you know he's lying the whole time. <laughs> he's lying. It's obvious he's lying, but because of Robert Mitchum's. Uh, appreciation and affection for him as his mentor, you almost start to buy into it. But you know he's lying because you've seen him lie through the whole film. <laughs> right? How about Dan Durier? Oh yeah. In in Winchester '73 and oh, so many countless other films. Ever. Not to mention yeah. all of the film noir that he was in. Yeah, Let me throw out another big one. Steve McNally, Stephen McNally oh, in yes. Manchester '73. Yes, my God, even in Duel at, Duel at Silver Creek with Audie Murphy, he's the good guy. He's still just an such an asshole. <laughs> I can't put it any other way. Yeah, that's I understand why why Audie Murphy wants to punch him. The whole movie wants to punch him <laughs> the okay. whole time. All right, we're talking bad guys here on Amal Franzi's Voices again? of the West. It is time for our final break. I'm sorry. This is why we're going to revisit this topic from time to time. It's Bad Guys here on Movie Saturday. We'll be back with much more after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tancoverde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at Voices of the West.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Well, Doc, there must be somebody lying sick or bleeding around here. Well, now, if you just can't stand to see me getting a few minutes hard-earned rest, why don't you go out and shoot somebody? This is the Voices of the West. Jamal Francis, Voices Good of the West. Right time, Joe. <laughs> That's Knuckles' old tool, I'll have you know. Well, you don't know that, but piano. I want to go out and shoot somebody. <laughs> <laughs> what a great tune. Yeah. Oh, boy. And uh, welcome back to Amal Francis, Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts. We're streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch. Um, and uh, a reminder about so, uh, the best Western contest there. If you've got five that you think are the best, email us, tell us why. We're going to pick out some uh, some of those entries, 
We're going to ask you to come on the air and talk about them. And we'll have a blast. And so, we'll have a blast, exactly. So let, let me just uh, uh, throw out a few more uh, uh, curveballs out of, left, no, no, out no, of the no. parking we want, lot we want some from strikes. behind of the... No more curveballs. We want some strikes. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, you'll walk. <laughs> you, okay. All right. So then I have to just... I'm going to just say it. Because the two of you have let me down. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I'm, Thank you. Let we me tried. Down, and I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it right now. All right. Uh, and I'm not even going to give you a buildup. Okay. I'm just going to say the name. Okay. Oh, say and it. you haven't even mentioned it. Okay. Say it. Get it over. Lee Marvin. There you go. Okay. Okay, I, I love Lee Marvin. I think you're 100% right. And now we've had your say. I'm going to say yeah, that my uh, all-time favorite seven, bad guy. Lee Marvin, Seven Men From Now. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I'll top that. I gotta top that because this, I think, is the greatest bad guy performance of all time. Not really, but it's my one of my all-time favorites. Lee J. Cobb, Uncle Doc Tobin, Man of the West. I mean, my God, that blows. I watched the movie just to watch him. That is, it blows me away every time. Bunker, you're so right. You're so right. We, well, we. I, I think I almost uh, took over an entire show talking about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you did. We went. We left. We came back about a half hour later. Uh, disgusting, we miscreant, uh, uh, adopted sons. Jack, Jack, uh, Jack Lord. Yeah, Coley. Uh, I know. Yeah, you guys could have eaten a sandwich and had a haircut, and I still would have kept talking. Jack Lord and we Richard uh, uh, and John Denneher. My oh, yeah. God. John Denner, yeah. And Robert Wilkie. Robert Wilkie. Yeah. We haven't mentioned Robert Royal, Wilkie. My Royal God. Dano. The ghost of Robert Wilkie is going to come back and steal all our good our good tidings. And Jen- Let me throw out another name to you. Okay. Bo Hopkins. There you oh, go. Yeah. Our good He's- departed friend. He's he's just good. He's just so good. And gents, this is and why. I'm going to throw out one more for you, okay. Bunker, only because I love you. No, you're and, just doing uh, it because you I can. know you're being modest. <laughs> not to mention his name, Victor French. There you go, oh, thank you. Victor French. Thank you. <clears throat> he is great. I got I got two guys from the same movie, and I think everybody. Did we hear got... Victor French? Yes, we did. Did you hear Victor French? I heard Victor French. <laughs> I, I lived in his guest house for several years. Victor, Bunker Victor, Harry? Victor, Victor French in uh, Matt's Love episode. Yes. Big time bad guy. And I was a bad guy now. You were a God, bad guy. He's so good. He's so good. And I know that's why I said you're being a little modest, well, you not know, to mention it. And, th- and this is why we are going to continue this topic, because there is absolutely no way that we can cover this all in... Well, originally it's scheduled for one hour, but it turned out to be about 45 minutes. And, we, you know, we'll probably go ahead and continue this topic into next Saturday because it's just that damn good. And I, I want, because we're about to go out, i got to have two guys i got to mention because I think everybody will agree. Michael Ben in Johnny Ringo and Tombstone. Powers Booth is Curly Bill Brosis in mm, Tombstone. Mm. And also oh. is Ty Tolliver in Deadwood. God, what a sleazy bastard he was in Deadwood. Trevor Bardet. Ted Lang. Tre- Ted Lang. Trevor Bardet. Ted. Trevor Bardet in the uh, 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 Wyatt Earp uh, uh, series with Hugh uh, uh, yes. O'Brien. Yes. Oh. But don't yes. forget about Ted Ted Old Lang in Tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just, it's just it's go, it goes on and on and on. You know, it's like we you know we haven't even mentioned I stand for Jolly. You know. Well, you just oh. did. I know is another one. Yeah, there, there, there are just so many of them, and and I think next time we talk about this, we need to figure out what is it about being a bad guy that makes them so Lovable. wanting to be a bad guy. <laughs> you know, and and, and you mentioned that uh, it's because they can have more, they have more freedom with that particular character. They can have more fun. There's got to be something else to it. Well, you know, here's the, here's the thing which we didn't touch on, too, is, of course, everybody wants to work. And for actors, that can be one of the most tenuous, hazardous things in the world is getting work. <laughs> but back in the old studio system, these guys and the studios, Republic Love, they, they had a stable of the cream of the bad guys. Yes, they did. Because they knew that the backbone of a good Western 
is a good bad guy. And on that note, we're going to say thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next Saturday, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch, doing the same topic. Bad guys, because there's just so damn much more to talk about. To be continued. To be continued. Another B to C. (laughs) 78, 79, 80 you bad guys. Till next week, folks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 